Today, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, giving states license to ban abortion. Any day America moves away from an anti-biblical decision is a great day. Today, we commemorate the Supreme Court justices who had the courage in the face of much contention to rule in favor of life. We will discuss this decision and much more as we take your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. I will be taking your calls today. Of course, there's nothing going on in the news, right? We don't have very much to talk about. Oh, come on, everybody. The news is full of prophecy and different things happening. People moving away, the United States moving away from anti-biblical decisions made decades ago. And what a great day it is. So, uh, I will be taking your calls, 1-877-363-8463. But let me just give an opening dialogue here for just a moment. You know, and I have people ask all the time, where do you guys stand on this issue? Where does end-time ministry stand on this issue? And I always tell people, I stand where the Bible stands. I believe what the Bible believes, period. I'm a Christian fundamentalist. I believe in the strict, literal interpretation of God's Word and leading my life in that direction. And so when we talk about today's decision, the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, you know, where previously states' regulations on abortion had been ruled unconstitutional under Roe's and Casey's precedents, now state legislatures are going to be free to enact limits or even outright bans on abortion according to the will of the people. And I believe the will of the people has spoken in this decision. And, you know, it's ultimately, I believe it was God and a lot of prayer, but I believe that a lot of people are blaming Donald Trump, but I'm saying, hey, If it took Donald Trump to get in and then to appoint these Supreme Court justices that finally did this, hey, hip, hip, hooray. I mean, what do you say? Because a lot of lives, look at, I mean, think about this. An estimated 63 million abortions have been performed in the United States since Roe v. Wade in 1973. 63 million. Now, those are the ones that have been reported. Not necessarily the ones that... There were some states that didn't even do the reporting. So, 63 million. And the UN World Health Organization said that around 73 million abortions take place globally every single year. And that's, in, that's about 29% of all pregnancies 
on the entire planet, folks. 73 million per year globally. And so, obviously, I want to know from a minister's perspective, from a biblical perspective, how does God view all of this? Because we're living in the United States of America, and to have this legalized here in America all these years at the federal level, imagine being God. The Bible says there are uh, six things that God hates, seven are abomination unto Him. One of them is the shedding of innocent blood. God hates that. And yet, we look at this and, you know, in, since 1973, 63 million? And so you say, well, what, does, what, what happens now? Well, many people, I got one from Forbes, but many people are saying... Um, are reporting on this, Roe v. Wade, uh, what the states are going to do, and which they, many of them already have. And they're saying that the... <clears throat> let me see here. It says that with the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, <clears throat> it gives states license to ban abortion, and there are 13 states that have trigger bans outlawing the procedure, which will now take effect, and some uh, already did as soon as the ruling came out. And then if, you know, I can go through some of the states, Kentucky and Louisiana, abortion bans have already went into effect immediately upon the Supreme Court issuing of its ruling. South Dakota's trigger laws is set to go into effect. Um, As the law states that abortion will be banned the same date, Uh, The Supreme Court rules. Abortion bans in Arkansas, Missouri, North Dakota, and Utah will take effect once the state government, uh, either the Attorney General, the Governor, or the legislative body, depending on the state, certifies the ruling and the trigger laws uh, are now constitutional. And that's likely to happen very quickly. Arkansas's Attorney General, Leslie Rutledge, said that she was ready to sign the certification so that the state can immediately ban abortions. Mississippi and Wyoming are going to take longer to ban abortions. Mississippi is going to ban abortions 10 days after the ruling or after the attorney general issues an opinion. And then uh, trigger bans in Idaho, Tennessee, Texas will all take effect within 30 days. So as you can see, it's just going to be like a ripple effect. I think there are 26 states that are looking... Uh, that have either already banned it or will ban it. And so many things are going to happen as a result of this. Of course, I could go into the shedding of innocent blood, a lot of different things, and perhaps we will do that. I've already got some callers on the line. I'll be coming to you guys right after the first break. But what a great day that the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. I know my father-in-law talked about it for years that hopefully one day our prayers will be answered and they would overturn Roe v. Wade because what a debauchery years ago that they would um, allow killing. It is simply, you know, I I just heard President Biden talk about it and he said uh, a woman's right to choose is what he was talking about. Well, the fact of the matter is a woman does have a right to choose what to do with her body. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Everybody does. You can do whatever you want to. But when there's another body besides yours inside you, there's two heartbeats, then it's not your body anymore. It's another human being. And so it's something to look at uh, moving forward. It's a great day. I will go to the calls right after the break. But the main thing, the main question about all of this is what does God think? And I think today God is smiling down on America. And I'm very thankful for that. Because we all want to be pleasing to God, right? So we've got to make the right decisions that points us in that direction. I believe the Supreme Court did that today. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at End Time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back, everybody, and uh, I'm going to go straight to the phones. I've got several callers here, and again, the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. Let's go to James in Wisconsin. God bless James. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, I wanted to ask you about Daniel... Chapter 7, verse 5, mm-hmm. in light of World War One, World War Two, and now this Ukraine war with Russia. Right. What do you think? Well, so I cannot give it. So Daniel 7, 5, for everybody listening, uh, Daniel's giving a uh, vision that he saw of four beasts, lion with eagle's wings, and then he, in verse 5 he says, And behold, I saw another beast, a second like unto a bear, raised up itself on one side, had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it, 
and they said, Thus unto it, Arise and devour much flesh. Well, of course, the bear here is the, is the modern day nation of Russia. However, James, I cannot conclusively give an answer on the three ribs. We have an opinion. I actually have two opinions, uh, which have been bones of contention. I actually have bones of contention or um, articles that state the bones of contention over the years, with between Russia and the countries of Manchuria, Mongolia, and Xinjiang. Bones of contention between Russia and China. And then the Baltic nations of Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. I have articles that say they are bones of contention between Europe and Russia. And so I can only, get, I can only speculate at this point because we do not know for sure. Uh, but I do know the bear is Russia. And of course you can see today uh, how Russia, Russia is the aggression nation and rising up on one side, but I, I do not know today what the three ribs are. Um, so that's my opinion. So it's only a, so it's only a possibility then. Uh, wh- what is? That it's World War One, World War Two, and now Ukraine going towards the West. Yeah. Russia attacking West. Yeah, I mean, it's purely speculation, James, at this point. Uh, there, there may be a time in the future when we'll know for sure, but at this point, I simply do not. Okay. Yes. Thank you. All right, my friend. Uh, good, good talking to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. God bless. Uh, let's go to Trey in Texas. God bless, Trey. Welcome to End of the Age. Yes, thank you. Well, I, I, I want to say, uh, without a doubt, Donald Trump deserves a lot of credit for what happened today with overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, you know, he appointed those three justices, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, Nero Gorsuch, yeah. And, and Amy Coney Barrett. However, he also he does not deserve all the credit. Uh, part of that credit also goes to a George H. W. Bush for nominating Clarence Thomas back in 1981. Mm-hmm. And you also got to give George W. Bush credit for nominating Sam Alito. Uh, with John Roberts, man, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's on his own deal. And and I also want to say, to be fair. Uh, I would also say that Mitch McConnell, despite I'm a conservative, despite all my frustrations and misgivings with him, he did shepherd in those those three uh, Supreme Court justices nominated by uh, Donald Trump. So yeah. without the Senate, uh, this would not have happened. And so the way I look at it, it's imperative and it is crucial that we as Bible-believing Christians get registered to vote and make sure that we vote in these midterm elections this year because uh, whoever controls the Senate will have a big say will be on the judiciary, and uh, this, to me, will be just as important, if not more so, than the presidential election of 2024. Certainly. So, like I said, I, I encourage your listeners and readers to please make sure you're registered to vote and vote for the Bible-believing uh, politicians and those in authority. Otherwise, uh, we're just giving away the store to the to the secularists, all this gay and lesbian stuff, all this transgender, you know, that's just the way I look at it. If we don't go out and vote, then we're not doing our, our godly duty. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, I agree. I mean, uh, we encourage people to get out and vote, and um, it's hard to complain if you didn't vote for the person, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Sir, uh, I'm sorry? You're, you're, yes, sir, you're correct. Yes, sir, you are, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I've seen a lot of people complaining. I don't, uh, first question I'll ask them is, are you registered to vote? And they say, no. I said, well, you didn't go vote. Well, that's on you, not on me. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly. I mean, I, we have always voted, and I've voted for years. And, um, yeah, it's just very important. Are the politicians perfect? Nobody's perfect, but at the, especially politicians. But we vote for the ones that are going to at least point us as much as possible in the direction that we want to go. Obviously, that's who you want to vote for. And, but you're never going to find it. Donald Trump was not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Uh, but you just vote for the ones that, uh, that's what we do, is what's going to point us in as much of direction as taking this country back the way we want it to go and away from the direction that some people are trying to take it. That's what we're doing, Trey. Yeah, I, was say, I think the economy's going to do a whole lot better since, since this scourge of abortion has been removed. I, I think what you said, God's smiling upon us. I think we'll see it in the economy in our culture as well. Yeah. Anyway, you have, a, you have a wonderful and blessed day. I always enjoy listening to you. I try to get a hold of you on Fridays when I can, yeah. and y'all all have a great weekend. And I, I'm, I'm just so happy for today. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just so happy that, that we're going to we're, we're not going to totally eliminate, but at least we're going to reduce these number of, of innocent deaths, and, and God will spare some, some of them. Hopefully, Someday abortion will be totally and completely illegal. Amen. Uh, I'd like to see that, but, you know, uh, we'll just bide our time. But anyway, Amen. thank you again so much. And have a wonderful weekend. All right, Trey. Well, God bless you, my friend. You do the same. And I think, man, I mean, I, every Christian, that I mean, I don't know of a Christian that would not, if we had the conversation, that they would say, oh, I'm, I'm just sick to my stomach over this decision. Obviously, it's a step in the right direction. I've heard people, I've read articles today where people said, well, hey, maybe the LGBTQ situation and the legalization of same-sex marriage in America could be the next thing. So if you think that um, the votes coming up here in the midterms aren't very important, think again. Because now you can see, you know, a lot of people, once you understand how the government works uh, and how votes take place and things, I mean, now, obviously... The questionable vote that happened uh, in November of 2020, that's something we'll have to let God work all that out. But at the end of the day, we still have to do our part. We've got to pray, seek God's face. And regard honestly, the way I look at it, everybody, is regardless of who is in the White House, who's in the government, I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God. I'm still going to be led by God's Spirit. I'm going to pray daily. I'm going to seek His face. And I'm going to help build the kingdom of God on the earth. Now, with that said, I've still got to live here. And I still want God to be pleased with our country and to bless our country. And so there's a lot of things that tie into all this. But um, today's your day. And so I want to get back to the phones very quickly. Let's go to O.C. in Tennessee. God bless O.C. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hope y'all are having a good afternoon. Yes, sir. I have a question. Yep. About the third temple, and my question is: Which verses say that the third temple will be rebuilt, and how close do you think we are? So there are two main scriptures that talk about a third temple being rebuilt. The first one is Revelation eleven one and two. It says, "In the and this, and we know he's talking about the third temple." Because by the time John wrote this when he was exiled out on the Isle of Patmos, the second temple had been destroyed. Second temple destroyed in 70 A.D. And John's on the Isle of Patmos, the book of Revelation written about 95, 96 A.D. 
he says, And there was given unto me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood and said, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot for 42 months. So it's talking about something that will occur during the final three and one half years. The, the third temple has to be built prior to that. And then it would be placed under, a, the temple mount's going to be placed under a sharing arrangement, allowing them to build the third temple. Um, and then, of course, when it's talking about the 42 months, that's the 42 months of the Great Tribulation, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Also, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, when it's talking about um, the Apostle Paul said, now we, he's teaching against the doctrine of eminency here. Or that, hey, everything's been fulfilled, the Lord could come back any day. The Apostle Paul taught against that. Yeah. He said, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, which lets us know that the second coming and the rapture is one simultaneous event. Yes, it is. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For, and these, this is where he's teaching against the doctrine of eminency. No man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there comes a falling away first, and the, the man of sin, the Antichrist, is revealed. What is he going to do? How, how are we going to know when he's revealed? Because he's going to oppose and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. We know yeah. that it happens right up there on the temple mount, because when in Matthew 24, Jesus... Uh, they at they turn they come to him and they've been taking yes. What's that? I think it's twenty four fifteen probably. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So he's telling them um, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, uh, stand in the holy place. Well, they knew where the holy place was right down there on the temple mount. Yes, yeah, sure. Yep. So the temple that Paul talks about is the third temple, even though the second temple was still around when he says that. Yeah, because Jesus told them that he prophesied that the temple they were looking at was coming down. Not one stone would stand upon another. But then yeah. when he talks about the abomination of desolation, which would happen during, during the end of the age, he says when you see the abomination of desolation occur, which is what the Apostle Paul's talking about here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So he's talking about two temples. He said this one you're looking at 2,000 years ago, that's going to be torn down. But the one that will happen in the future, uh, that, the, that will be built towards the end of the age, that's going to be the third temple. And uh, I heard you saying that, you know, all Christians should be glad about, uh, you know, the stuff with Roe v. Wade. Sadly, uh, there have been some Christian groups that have came out and said they disavow the overturning, which is really sad. Yeah, I mean... Um, the Alliance of Baptists said that they trusted... Uh, non-gender affirming and transgender people and people who wanted abortions to make their own moral decisions. I mean, yeah. that's uh, crazy stuff. <laughs> right. Well, you know, O.C., the Bible says that there will be people that stand before God someday and say, hey, didn't we do many mighty great works in your name and many d different things? And the Lord's going to say, depart from me. I don't even know you, you worker of iniquity. So yes. not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, uh, is going to make it in. Very true. Absolutely. Well, I'll call you next week. All right, O.C. Well, God bless you, my friend. You have a great weekend. You, I will. Okay, let's go to uh, Jim. 
right here in Texas. God bless Jim. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. It is a great day when Roe v. Wade is overturned. Amen, my friend. Okay, so here's my question. Partly doing uh, deals with the uh, simultaneous harvest. Yes. Okay, so where the dead in Christ rise first, and then those who are alive and remain quickly follow and meet the Lord in the air. Yes. They'll have glorified bodies. Wedding supper is held in the air, and then we all follow Jesus into Armageddon. Yes. If this is true, then those of us who are alive and remain will never see heaven. So why would Jesus prepare a place for us and then we never see it? Why do you say we'll never see it? Well, if we, if we come back and, you know, with, with the Lord at Armageddon, yes. and then he's going to be reigning for a thousand years on the earth. Yes. What happens after the thousand years? We have a new heaven and a new earth. Okay. And, well, at the end of the thousand years, we have the great white throne of judgment, and then we go off into eternity with the Lord. So to say we'll never see heaven, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I agree with that statement, because the Bible says we will. Right. I'm just I'm pointing out that the I believe that there's a, a pause in between when we meet him in the air and before he comes back to Armageddon. Okay. So I, I, I see what you're saying now. I'm, I must have misunderstood you, and I apologize, Jim. The thing is, you're saying that if... Uh, you're, so you're saying that, hey, there's got to be a rapture, then there's a period of time in between the marriage supper of the Lamb and when we go back to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon, you believe there's a pause there? Yeah, a okay. short one, but there's do a you pause. Have, do you have a scripture that says there's a pause? Not in front of me right now, but I can okay. get back with you on that. Yeah, absolutely. So the thing is, is that the Bible does not say, in my opinion, I haven't seen a scripture that says there's going to be a pause. Because if you look in Revelation chapter 19, the Bible says that um, the bride makes herself ready for the, for the um, let me just go there, because I want to make sure everybody gets this. This is starting in verse uh, 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife hath made herself ready. That's the rapture right there, Jim. Mm -hmm. Then immediately, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen and clean and white um, and because the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And um, these are the true sayings of God. And so if you're looking at a chronological order, the rapture occurs, we have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, and go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. And so we could be, we could have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, and that be heaven. Okay, I've always heard the sky, not heaven. Yeah, I mean, well, at that point we'll be immortal, and uh, we're not bound by time anymore, so. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, so, Jim, I'm, I'm sorry I lost you. I, I was hoping to hold you over <laughs> the break, and the break hit me right in the middle of our conversation there. But I want to, and again, everybody, I've got a few lines open. If you want to reach me, one 363 8463 But just to make sure, Jim, that I, I answer your question here, and the reason I believe we could be in heaven at the marriage supper is, again, when it goes to the... It talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. Or it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. It does not say sky. It says, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen white, clean and white, and the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. I'm going to Revelation 19.9. He saith unto me, Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And these are the true sayings of God. If you go down, verse 11 says, And I saw heaven open. So we have the rapture, the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. We go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. The Bible says, I saw heaven opened. This is when the Lord's coming back. And behold, a white horse, he sat upon him. Faithful, true, and righteousness, he doth judge and make war. It goes down and says, His eyes, this is verse 12, His eyes were as the flame of fire. On his heads were, the, were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Verse 14, Jim, listen at this. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. So what has transpired here? The rapture happens, the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, but it doesn't say sky. The Bible says, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. One of the main points would be, where's heaven? If you were in China, you would say heaven's above you, right? I mean, that's what most people kind of believe. But if you're in the United States, you would say it's the opposite direction. So where is heaven? The heaven, is, heaven is simply some place where God has prepared a place for us to go. Now, where is that specifically? Can I give you a pinpointed, it's right here? No, I cannot. But the thing is, is that when, we ha- when we're raptured, we have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. 
when the, when we, the, the Lord has gathered us all together, have the marriage supper of the Lamb, we're going to go to fight with Him on behalf, of the battle at the, on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. And the Bible says, And the armies which were in heaven followed Him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. So, um, just wanted to clear that up. I'd be happy. Uh, now, I think you're Jim Morris that came to my Bible study for a while. I'd be happy. Email me, call me, whatever you want to do, and we can continue the conversation. Okay, uh, let's go to Joe in New York. God bless Joe. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm good, Joe. Haven't heard from you in a while. Good to talk to you. Yeah, well, uh, the subject I want to discuss is about the whole thing with abortion and, you know, the overturning. That's a very good thing. But the big thing, the reality of it, is there will still be women that will secretly have abortions. The problem is this, is that most of the people need to be educated about when a human being is actually conceived. We as believers, we know intuitively because of the Holy Spirit what is the truth. But there's a lot of other people that don't know the truth, that the moment that the male sperm unites with the female egg, that is the creation of a new human being. But us as believers, and this is what I ask of you and your whole crew there, because you're in touch with a lot of people and you're on the air and on the radio, we have to educate America to what the truth, the scientific proven truth, is that at that conception, that's a new human. Too many people are deceived, and, and, and we as believers have that, that we have to speak up and educate people. I discuss this with people, and it seems so many people don't know the truth. They think something magically happens six weeks or three months later, and then it's a human. That's not true. That's not true. Abortion is murder. And people have to have an education, and there has to be alternatives. And, but the main thing is to educate young people to the reality of what's happening. The yeah. second thing is I never hear people talking about what happens to a woman after she has an abortion. And I know factually yeah. how abortion destroys a human life. Yeah. A number of years ago, my daughter went through it, and it destroyed her whole life. It totally destroyed her whole life. And I know of other instances of women that had an abortion that it destroyed their lives. We have to educate people to the reality of what this hideous crime is, Dave. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you, Joe, and um, I will, you know, I don't, I'm not going to get too detailed on the air here, but it, I, I totally agree with you, and thank God for today's decision, because some of the states had it set in place that when the decision was handed down immediately, that they would, um, that laws were passed, that it would immediately become illegal in their state. And I thank God for that because it is a step in the right direction and yes. totally agree with you. And I'm, 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 I'm sorry about uh, your family 
and what they went through, but um, I, I'm just thankful to God that today was a step in the right direction, my friend. Yes, and we have to keep praying Amen. because you got the governor here in New York. She's already taking actions to keep abortion legal oh, yeah. in New York. Yep. We've got to pray and pray and pray against this, 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 this deception that is all across this country. Amen. Well, we'll stand together, Joe, in prayer and believe that God will, uh, will keep moving uh, us in that direction. It's God's will, but there are enemies at work that are trying to destroy America. And yes. so we've got to make sure that we, you know, it's a spiritual battle, Joe, and we've got to make sure we fight that spiritual battle on our knees. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. God bless you, Dave. <laughs> Thank Be you well. so much, my friend. Uh, God bless you, and it's great to talk to you again. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Okay, well, I know, um, I think it was OC that said something about there are Christian groups that are upset over the ruling today. I've got to scratch my head on that one. Because if you look at the Bible, the Bible is all about life and eternal life. And God said, I set before you this day uh, death and life. Choose life. And God is diametrically opposed to He hates the shedding of innocent blood. I mean, it's all throughout the Bible. And so the Bible talks about you, um, God, you knew me when I was in my mother's womb. And you prepared me and you chose me. And so God is all about life and not the shedding of innocent blood, which is what abortion is. I mean, the, uh, the decision not to have a baby should be made long before uh, you ever get to the, uh, uh, the point where you can have an abortion. So, And I think you all know what I'm talking about. But um, again, I don't want to make it dark. Today's a great day. Today is a great day. And thank God that there were some people... Because the, the Supreme Courts, you understand that there was, there's been uh, threats on their life and a lot of different things, these Supreme Court justices. But in the face of all this, this contention and turmoil and chaos, they said, no, this is what's right and we're going to rule on this. And it is absolutely the right decision. And so I'm very, very thankful um, of what happened today. And man, I just, I've got a little extra hop in my step because of today's decision. So thankful for that. Okay, let's go back to the phones. Darlene in Oklahoma. God bless Darlene. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. Hi, Dave. Hello. Um, I don't want to take up a bunch of time, but um, I have two questions, actually. The first one is about that combo beast, the four heads where it rises and falls. Yeah. And I think it's the leopard. Are we, we're in that fourth, the last time it rises and then the last time it falls. That's correct. We had a. I'm sorry. Is that Germany or Russia? Yeah. So yeah. The the so for just to bring everybody in on a conversation. Daniel seven. Daniel saw a vision of four beasts, lion with eagle's wings, a bear, four headed leopard, a ten horned beast. Verses seventeen and twenty three of Daniel seven tell us that these beasts symbolize nations or kingdoms and the ruler of those nations or kingdoms. So, there, and, and it also tells us that these are modern nations, these beasts symbolize modern nations that will be on the earth 
at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. What modern nations are they? Great Brit- or the lion, Great Britain, the eagle's wings that were plucked, the United States, the bear, Russia, the four-headed leopard, Germany, the ten-horned beast, the European Union. The, the number of heads on a beast symbolize the number of times that a nation will rise and fall. So you've got the um, uh, Charlemagne, the first Reich, uh, was who was uh, Otto von Bismarck, the second Reich, Hitler's famous third Reich, and then now the famous fourth Reich that is now rising. Germany is, the Bible says dominion was given to the leopard. Germany is by far the most dominant nation in Europe economically, I mean, in, in every way. And so, yes, we are in the fourth um, head of the leopard. We're in, in that era, uh, but it's, it's the nation of Germany, yeah. So then also in Daniel 2, that Nebuchadnezzar saw that, had that dream. Yes. And are we, we're all the way down to the feet now in the miry clay and the mix with iron? The, yeah, absolutely, that's correct. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar's vision, he saw a... And I'll just give you the treetop version here. But he, he, Nebuchadnezzar saw a statue. It had a head of gold, arms and breasts of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron mingled with clay. These were empires that would rule the world during their era from 606 B.C., from the Babylonian Empire, all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian Empire, the head of gold. Uh, the Medes and the Persians, the arms and breasts of silver. Um, Alexander the Great's Grecian uh, nation, the, the world empire, the um, belly and thighs of brass, the legs of iron were the Roman Empire, and then the Holy Roman Empire was formed in 800 A.D., Christmas Day, when Pope Leo III crowned Charlemagne the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. That's the feet of iron mingled with clay on that statue and that's the and that would rule all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Because the Bible says that there in the vision there was a stone that was carved out of a mountain without hands that rolled down and hit the image on the feet of iron mingled with clay. That symbolizes the kingdom of God, letting us know that during the feet of iron mingled with clay, the Holy Roman Empire, that that would be the entity that would rule the world at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's correct. That, that's where we're at right now. And the Romans yes. were in control of the land and the government's in control of the land when that happens. That, that, that's right. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. So, so. We're, we're just about there. And we've got some light in the darkness with this thing. And I keep a, I keep a couple baby blankets in my car just in case I come across a baby. Amen. Someone, you know what? Well, I'm coming up to a break here, Darlene. I, I, I hate to end the call, but I do thank you for the call. I want to say God bless you. Have a great weekend. Straight back to the phones when we come back. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back, everybody, and uh, I'm going to do the best I can to get to everybody here before the end of the program. Let's go straight back to the phones. Tommy in Tennessee. God bless Tommy. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Howdy, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm doing tremendous. It's a good day. Hey, I, have a, I have a question. Yes, sir. Uh, I hear y'all talk about the 200 million man army. Yes. And y'all lay out that it could be China, Islam, and India, correct? That's correct. Is there any way that that could be all the countries combined to make up the 10, 200 million man army instead of just one individual country doing that? So when they go when they go against when they go against uh, when they go against Israel. Okay, so I think we're talking about two different wars here, Tommy. Okay. The the the, the Revelation nine verse thirteen through twenty one when it talks about the two hundred million men army. That's talking about the six-trumpet war, which will come out of the Euphrates River region and will spread out around the world. The armies that come against Israel, we're talking about the Battle of Armageddon at that point. Okay. So two separate Uh wars. So when we talk about this, and it says army singular here, uh, and and the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, 1,000, or 200 million so there are three factions on the earth that can field an army of 200 million, and that would be, like you okay. said, China, the Islamic faction, or India. And um, so that's why we say it could be one of those three, possibly, you know, China and the Islamic faction, surely, because it's going to come right out of four nations that are housed that are uh, Islamic nations. But certainly China could be involved as well. At this point, I don't know for sure, uh, Tommy, but that's why we say that. Okay, can I? And one other thing: Does yeah. India actually have a army, or is it you're just going by the population of the people that are there? By the I know po- they have a huge population. They have a huge population, and to my knowledge, yeah, I, th- I think they do have an army because they've been at war. Uh, man, I'm trying okay. to think. What's that? I, I said okay. I didn't. I didn't. I, you, I mean, you never hear anything about them militarily. That's why I'm yeah. asking that question. Uh, yeah, I think that they certainly do have an army. They wouldn't have a nation unless they had an army. People would Got just invade them and take over. Right. Um, Got but they certainly do have an army. Now, if you go there, uh, if you go to the website and say, hey, how big is India's army? It's not going to say 200 million. Neither, yeah. does, neither does China's. Right. But they can field an army of 200 million men. They've got between military age... 18 to 30, they can field an army of 200 million men. None of them have a standing army of 200 million people, but they okay. have enough population to field an army that big. Okay, it's kind of like when you say Israel, everybody has something to do militarily if something happens. So that is you know, correct. You're talking about your tour guides last week, yeah. how they were ex-seals and stuff like yes. that. Okay. 
Well, you've answered my question. I appreciate it very much. All right, my friend. God bless you, and you have a great weekend. You too. Thank you. Yeah, when it comes to Israel, everybody, they've got, they've got it all planned out that if they go into full-on war, our guides have told us that Israel, that all the streets and everything turn into, they know which ones are military, that the military is going to take over this section, and even in Jerusalem. And um, our guide told me for years that he said, you would not believe what will happen if we went on to a full-on war uh, here in Israel. He said, well, it's, everything's already planned out. He said, he's in his uh, probably late 50s, early 60s. And he said, I would go back in as an advisor in the military. He, said, he basically said, I'm never, I, I will never really be out of the military. Because he said, I'll go back in as, as an advisor um, because Israel only has a very small population. It's like a little over 8 million Jews right there in Israel. And so um, they would all have to go back into war. Uh, wartime scenario. Okay, let's go to Lois in Indiana. God bless Lois. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hello, Lois. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, hey, I love you guys. I've been listening to you from like 1989. Oh, wow. <laughs> when you were still here in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I just have a um, something to add to Jim, the guy that got cut off, and he was talking about he thought that there was a gap um, between when we're raptured and when we come back yes. with Jesus. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned one time a verse that I was real intrigued with, and it was uh, Revelation 8.1, and it says, He had opened the seventh seal. There was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Yeah. And I think you said that the way you understood that was that the angels were observing us being raptured possibly you know um and the bible also tells us that a day with the lord is as a thousand years so i i wrote down 24 hours equals 1000 years and then i was breaking it down to a half an hour Oh, 12 yeah. hours is 500 years, 6 hours, 250 years, 3 hours, 125 years, 1 hour, 41.66 years, a half an hour would be 20.83 years. So it might look like we're, it's only a half an hour on Earth, but we can't judge, you know, heavenly time by our time. Right. So we might have, if it's a half an hour and it goes on that table, would we, you know, we'd have plenty of time for all kinds of things going on then. I don't know if this is correct. Um, I'm just saying it looks like a piece of the puzzle. Right. But what do you think about it? Well, the thing is, I, I don't know conclusively. All I know is that when we are... When the rapture occurs, we're, taken, we're changed from a mortal body to an immortal body, and we're not bound by time anymore. Correct. So how all that transpires, I don't know of anybody who could answer. You know, my father-in-law has said, hey, how long is it, has a supper? Because we're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. When, you, when you're, we're gathered unto him, we go to the marriage supper mm-hmm. of the Lamb in the sky, go straight to, back to fight on behalf of Israel. 
Because the Bible does say that the rapture and the second coming is one simultaneous event. You have the rapture, the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. You go straight to fight on behalf of Israel. The Bible calls that one day, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that day. And so I don't, me personally, I don't believe it could be a thousand years. I believe it will be one day when that happens because if you understand, the rapture occurs. And let me give you some scripture. In Revelation chapter 16, when the battle of Armageddon is occurring, if the vials of the wrath of God are poured out, after the sixth vial is poured out, the sixth vial is when the uh, great river Euphrates is dried up to make way for the kings of the east to come down against Israel to battle. They engage them in the plain of Megiddo in the northern part of Israel, and then they, the battle ends up down in Jerusalem. Well, after the sixth vial is when the rapture occurs. Uh, if you go to Revelation 16, I think it's verse 15. It's after the sixth vial. The Bible says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is, the, blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest they walk naked and they see his shame. And then the Bible says, He gathered them together in a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. So it all happens right there together because the, the rapture happens after the sixth vial. And then when, the, when they come down in Jerusalem to battle and they're about to defeat Israel... Half of the city is captured. That's when the Lord comes and plants His feet on the Mount of Olives and the saints are with Him. So I, it can't be a thousand years. It's going to be one singular well, yeah. day. I'm sorry? I, I, don't, I'm sorry. I don't think it's a thousand years. I think it's, it's um, like, the, like that Revelation 8, 1 said, a half hour. I, and it might, you know... Yeah. Because a half hour of earth time... In heavenly time, we would have 20.83 years, yeah. is what I'm saying. Uh, uh, again, I don't, I don't think that could be the case because of, of the scenario that I just laid out. Uh, okay. The rapture happens after the sixth vial, where the, where the armies are coming down to Israel to battle, and then we've got to come back with him to plant our feet on the Mount of Olives right there at the battle now. Uh, would that take 21 point some years? I don't think so. I think it's going to happen right there in just a very short period of time. Um, that's my opinion, Lois. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, I still don't think you're quite understanding what I'm saying. The 20.83 years is, is not in our time, which would be, yeah. you know, on this earth. Uh, agreed. It would, only be a half, it would only be a half an hour because... You, you said that when the two witnesses are resurrected, that, you know, God says, come up hither. And you said that, that's, that right there is the rapture that's for correct. everybody. Yes. Okay. Um, and as they're doing that, are the angels watching that? Is this what, why is this verse in here saying, talking about the space of a half an hour? Yeah, well, what, you know. Yeah, it appears that the angels in heaven are standing, and all of the inhabitants of heaven are standing there in awe of what's happening. Because all of the human existence has been leading up to this event when the Lord would consummate the marriage with His bride, and we would be gathered together to be with Him. That's in Revelation 19. So 
I, I, I think that, I mean, at the, in, in my opinion, that's what it would be. It could be heavenly time. At this point, I don't know for sure. I just want to make sure that I'm ready to go uh, and be there. I, I don't know if we can come to a conclusive answer. Um, I just know that just when the rapture was... occurs and the battle of Armageddon is happening, it all happens in one day. Revelation 16, um, it, it really lays it out uh, very clearly. So I hate to let you go, Lois, but I've got so many calls. I've got so little time. Okay. God bless you, thank my you. friend. I do thank you for your input. Um, let's go to Mary in Maryland. God bless Mary. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, David. Real quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, if a woman had an abortion 30 years ago, was more or less forced, and she has repented, yeah. is she still going to hell? And I will take my answer off the air. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, and I do thank you for your question, Mary. You have a great weekend. God bless you. Um, absolutely. If a, if an, it, it, when, when a person's been born again, if you did something prior to being born again and, uh, you know, I don't care if it was last week, God will forgive you for anything. And all of us, all of us, Mary, made mistakes prior to being born again. All of us did. And so God had to forgive whatsoever. Murder, uh, abortion, uh, which is in, in essence murder, um, in, any kind of sin. The Apostle Paul t- laid out a bunch of sins in uh, 1 Corinthians 6, and he said, but such were some of you. Now you've been washed. So the whole point of salvation is, hey, all that's in the past, God doesn't even remember that anymore. Those are all covered by the blood. So absolutely, um, if that was the case, none of us would be saved. But thank God that when He died on Calvary, He purchased a plan of salvation for each and every one of us. Wow. So everybody, I do apologize. Wow, I wish we could do two or three hours of this. But um, what a great day. Again, I'm, man, I'm just excited because what a great day today and to celebrate that Roe v. Wade has been overturned by the Supreme Court and we're still, there's still a hill to climb, but it looks like we're starting to climb the hill. Very thankful today. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.